you're here at a very good time. Um, God's been working in my life. God's been saying a lot of things to me over the last several months. And there's one word that I've continued to hear over and over and over everywhere I go. And, and it's the word clarity. Like clarity. Be clear. He's like saying that over and over and over. Clarity. Scott, I need clarity. And, 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 and I've just sort of started to put the things together And today is a phenomenal day for you to be here. In the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about clarity. Like, we want to be as clear as we possibly can about the reason that we're in this place. The reason that we're building. The reason that we're moving into the city of High Point and beyond. We want you... Like our staff and our leadership, we want you, if you call Hope City home, if you are here more than just a few weeks, we want you to be hearing the language. We want you to be hearing the things that we're talking about. And I want it to be crystal clear of who we are and what we're doing. And so this morning, we sort of kicked this off. We've been in it the last couple of weeks. Pastor Brent last week just poured out his passion on every single one of you about how passionate he is about the inner city and lost people and broken people. And if you have not had an opportunity to go to one of the gatherings on Saturdays at 4 o'clock on Green Street in downtown High Point, I can promise you something, you're missing something. This coming up Saturday, we're going to be right back down there, 4 o'clock, sharing hope and sharing Jesus. Pastor Brent did a phenomenal job speaking on that. Today we start off in almost a three-part little series of clarity. And so this morning I just want to just make it very simple. The fact that we're here, we're Hope City and we're a part of this movement, is we're here to lead everyone to Jesus. We're here, we're a part of God's movement doing this thing Whatever you want to call it, if you want to call it church, if you want to call it an act of God, if you want to call it a movement of God, whatever you want to call it, we're here to lead everyone to Jesus. Pretty simple, right? I know some of you say, well, Scott, I haven't ever had any training, and I don't know really how to lead people to Jesus. I've never been through like an evangelism class. And when you say stuff like discipleship here in this church, I don't really know what you mean. And that's okay. I can promise you that's okay. Because God has you here for a reason. And we say this all the time. We're not a flash in the pan. We're not going anywhere. We're going to continue to do this as long as God allows us to. And so you come, you hang out with us, you call yourself a part of God's movement, His church, Hope City, and you are going to catch a passion and a vision and a know-how just to overflow on someone, and they'll see Jesus. We're here in this community, in whatever community God takes us, and we're here to lead people to Jesus. There's a story we're going to be looking at today in Acts chapter 16. So if you have a Bible or any other device, go ahead and turn to Acts 16 because we're going to be there all morning. Now don't get scared. When I say all morning, I don't mean till 12.01. I'm just talking about the next few minutes here. Acts chapter 16, there's two men by the name of Paul and Silas. 
that you need to read about. You need to find out a little bit more about these two men because I want what they have. This community needs what they have. Paul and Silas, they're doing their thing. There's this group of people that are following them. Paul and Silas are spreading the gospel. They're telling people about Jesus. People are being set free. And then there comes along in Acts chapter 16, this little girl who's demon-possessed, and she's starting to cause all kinds of ruckus in their life. They're trying to distract the people that are hearing the gospel, and they're trying to take the attention off of Paul and Silas and Jesus' story in the gospel, and they're trying to get the story back onto this little girl who's demon-possessed, distraction. And this is a little side note here this morning. Wherever you are trying to spread the name of Jesus, there's always going to be distraction. This little girl's causing all kinds of distraction. Paul and Silas do what they do because they know that their purpose, the main thing in their life is they're leading people to Jesus. And so they cast out this demon from this little girl and she's set free on the spot. But there's always going to be some haters in the two men that were actually leading this little girl. They didn't care for what Paul and Silas just did. They went into an uproar. They went and turned them into the authorities. The authorities gathered another crowd and the crowd started to hate on Paul and Silas for doing what they were supposed to do. Long story real short, they get thrown into jail. They get beaten. They get flogged. They get stripped naked. They get thrown into prison. All because they were doing the main thing, and that was leading people to Jesus. And so I want to pick up the story here in Scripture, at verse 24, Acts chapter 16. It says, Upon receiving such orders, he, the jailer, put them into the inner cell, and they fastened their feet in the stocks. Verse 25, it says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, and and they were singing hymns to God. And I'm going to just stop right there. Because the first thing I need you to hear me say, I'm going to go through these first two things fairly quick and I'm going to hang on the third one for just a second longer. The first thing that you need to understand about this movement of God that is so much bigger than we are, that we're leading people to Jesus no matter what. I can say it this way, no matter what is going on, No matter what is taking place, no matter what's going on in your life or my life or even the life of this church, no matter what, we're leading people to Jesus. Paul and Silas had been beaten, they'd been stripped, they'd been flogged, they had been put into the inner cell that we'll talk about here in just a second. And it says in Scripture that they were singing hymns and praying to God. Now, I don't know what your reaction would be. Let me just ask you. What would your reaction be if... Well, let's put it this way. What did you do the last time someone in front of you at a red light did not go the millisecond that it turned green? What did you do? What did you do? Paul and Silas were beaten. They were stripped naked. They were flogged. They were put their feet in stock. What did you do the last time you were in the left lane of the interstate and the person in front of you was going the speed limit? What did you do? What did you do the last time the waitress at your restaurant didn't refill your drink the millisecond it got half empty? What did you do? I proved my point, didn't I? But Paul and Silas understood the main thing, and the main thing in their life is the same thing that is the main thing here in this church, is that they knew 
that no matter what was going on, they were leading people to Jesus. Paul and Silas knew what we have to know. Paul and Silas knew that they carried with them the Holy Spirit of God. Paul and Silas knew that they carried the name of Jesus everywhere they went. Paul and Silas knew that there were people watching them and listening to them. And if you call yourself a Christ follower, if you call yourself a part of his movement, I don't care if you call yourself a part of Hope City or not, but if you call yourself a Christ follower, there are people all around you looking at you, they're watching you, and they're listening to you. And you may not even realize it. But Paul and Silas knew that there were people in their midst watching them. Look at the last part of verse 25. It tells us that. The last part of 25, it says, the other prisoners were listening to them. You've got to understand, this carrying the name of Jesus stuff, it's serious. And I can promise you that it's only going to get more intense as the days tick by. And so I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. If you call yourself a part of this movement of Jesus Christ, I'm going to ask you just to watch yourself. Because somebody's watching you. I love verse 26. It's rocked my world over the last couple of weeks. I've been in church quite a bit in my life, and I've never heard or seen verse 26 before. See, here in verse 26, it goes on and it says, Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains fell off. It doesn't say that these other prisoners were praying to God or singing hymns. Do you know what those other prisoners were doing? They were being prisoners. And because of the faithfulness of Paul and Silas, because they knew what they were there to do, and that was to lead everybody to Jesus, because of their faithfulness and their obedience, other people's chains fell off and were set free. You see... Your faithfulness and your obedience and your willingness to understand that your life is here to set other people free and to lead them to Jesus, your faithfulness may cause someone's chains to fall off. Church, that's what we're here for, is to lead everybody to Jesus, no matter what's going on around us. I'd like to say that we're going to tie a nice little bow on this thing and we're going to go up and to the right and we're going to sing all these beautiful songs and we're going to have a little bluebird come sit on our shoulder. And I'd like to say that everything was just going to be perfect, but here's the deal. I said it several weeks ago. We're going to have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And no matter what is going on, we're still leading people to Jesus. Second thing, real quickly, is no matter where you are, it's pretty simple, right? You probably knew that when it was coming. No matter where you are, you got to understand Paul and Silas were not only in jail or prison, they were in the inner prison. 
Back in verse 24, it tells us that the jailer took him to the inner prison, the inner cell. The inner cell, just real quickly to understand it, was the darkest, nastiest, smelliest place in the city. Like, it was that bad. And it says Paul and Silas were still singing hymns and praising God. So no matter where you are, no matter where you are, we're leading people to Jesus. And so I just would like to ask the question, one of these that you answer in your brain, where are you today? Not right this second, I know that you're at Hope City, but where are you in this journey of life? Because I understand that life happens. I understand that things don't go as you've planned. I understand that sometimes things go bad. I just understand that. If you ever call yourself a part of this movement of God at Hope City, you're going to find out from every person who stands on this stage, we're real. And what comes out of our mouth and our heart is because we've lived it. And I'll just be the first to tell you, I've told another friend or two uh, just since a couple weeks ago, sometimes it gets dark up here. For those of you who didn't see that, I was pointing to my mind. It gets dark up here. I understand where you are. I may not be where you are, but I understand where you are. But that doesn't eliminate the fact that we're leading people to Jesus. So where are you? Like Some of your homes in shambles. Some of you, where you work is just devastation. Some of you are in dark places. Some of you are beaten down at this very moment. But if you don't hear me say anything else other than this this morning, please pay attention to this one. Because God has been hammering me on this. Is that God has you and He has me. He has us right where He needs us. He has us right where He needs us. Because I can promise you this. I can promise you this. Where God has you, There is someone around you that needs Jesus. Paul and Silas could have said, you know what? Well, when God comes through, when God changes our location, when he changes my surroundings, then we're going to get back to the grind and and we're going to start leading people to Jesus again. I don't know how long it's going to take. He understood that there were only probably just a few prisoners in that inner cell with them. And because Paul and Silas looked way beyond what was going on around them, Paul and Silas looked beyond where they were, and they focused on who was around them. It says people's chains fell off. I'm going to hang here for just a few minutes on this last one. Because there's some of us that are scared to death when we say we're leading people to Jesus. You're like, you get terrified over the fact that you maybe even have to pray in public, much less like lay hands on someone and pray for them and lead them to Jesus. I don't know what's next. Well, can I just tell you something? Sometimes I don't either. But I don't care who you are. You see, not only no matter no matter what's going on or no matter where we are, no matter who you are. We're leading people to Jesus. It's God, I just came to know Jesus like last month. Well, that's awesome. You're the ones that I want to send out into the streets so you can go tell people freshly what God's done in your life. 
There's some of us that have been in church for so long, like myself. Like, we've been in church forever, and, and we've sort of sometimes forgotten about what it's like to, to, to not be a Christian and to know and to discover Jesus. If you've been a Christ follower for a long time, something I'm going to challenge you to do? Yes. That's exactly what I was going to say. If you're a Christ follower and you've been one for a long time, you've been in the church, I'm going to ask you to get, get, get out and, and go hang out with some people who aren't Christians. And it's okay, I promise you. You're going to be okay. But no matter who you are, in this movement of Jesus Christ, we're leading people to Him. The jailer, and I, I love this part of the story. The jailer says in verse 25, 26, the violent earthquake came. And verse 27, listen to this. The jailer. I wish he'd had a name. But the jailer says he woke up. Well, here's the first problem. The jailer had one job. One. And he couldn't even do that. Some of you are like that. Like, I just have one job and I can't do that. You know anybody like that? I mean, they just had one job and they couldn't even do that, right? Take a look at some of these pictures we're going to fly through here just on the screens. Take a look at these people who had just one job and they couldn't even do that. I'm glad you guys caught that because I looked at that for like five minutes thinking, well, it looks safe to me. Take a look at the next one. I love this one. All right, you'll get that on the way home. Wives, explain it to your husband, please. Go back to it. Let me explain it. It's too good not to. Happy birthday. Okay. Hey, I need to order two cakes, and I wanted to say happy birthday on both. You see what I'm saying? I knew. There we go. We're in now. I know it's a little hot, and it affects the brain, but we're good. All right, let's go to the next one real quick. That's the best seat on the plane right there. You'll never get hot. It's the cheapest. I'm taking that one, Brent, to Tyler, to Israel in February. Next one. These guys just had one job. One job. I love these next two. And go ahead and forgive me um, for it already. If you get up right now and go to the bathroom, we know that we've got issues. Because if you have a problem with this picture, you're going to hate the next one. These people had just one job. The jailer had simply one job, and that was to keep prisoners prisoners. And he couldn't even do that. And here's the reason why. You think I'm going to get real spiritual on you here in a second, don't you? But look at verse 27. It says that the jailer woke up. He was sleeping on the job. It says that he woke up and saw the prison doors open and he drew his sword. And he was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. See, the prisoner didn't realize what was taking place. Paul knew the main thing. And because Paul and Silas knew the main thing, we have a verse like we do here. 
In verse 28 it says, But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself. We are all here. Verse 29, The jailer called for lights. He rushed in, fell trembling before Paul and Silas. Verse 30, he says, He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So the jailer who just seconds ago, the jailer just moments ago, who thought his life was worth nothing, he said to himself before he drew his sword, I can almost guarantee you, I have failed once again. I am of no use to anyone. I have no skills. I don't have what it takes. I am better off not existing But because Paul knew the main thing, this jailer who was getting ready to end his life just seconds pass and he becomes a follower of Jesus Christ. That's not the end of the story. You would think that that's like the climax, but the zenith of this story comes with what this jailer does next. The man who was getting ready to kill himself then goes and he tells everyone who would listen what God just did in his life. This jailer goes and he tells people, and it says this, just listen, just listen to the scripture. Verse 31, it says, they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately, he and all of his family were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and he set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. There's some of you here today and you're you're just going to sit on the sideline or the bench or wherever because you say, you know what, I am nobody. I I love Jesus, but I've even been baptized and and, and I know that if I was to die right now, I'd go to heaven, so I'm a Christian. Nobody needs to listen to me. I'm not educated enough. I've got this terrible past I know that Jesus died for and took care of, but my past gets in my way. No one wants to listen to me. Just to be very honest, I'm not living quite right right now, so I'm just going to stay back here. Hey, church, listen, here's what's going to happen if we all take that mindset. There's going to be hundreds and thousands of people in our communities draw their sword and die. And all they needed was people like you to go share Jesus with them. And so no matter who you are, God has placed you where he wants you and the people around you so that you can simply tell them about Jesus. And then I just trust the Holy Spirit enough that he's going to do his job. No matter who you are, we're leading people to Jesus. So here's how we're going to close this thing up this morning. You have your communication card near you. I'm taking this very serious along with the staff as we want those cards this week. There's going to be people at the back. 
Because I know that there's a group of people in this place that you are scared to death, that you're not in the right place, there's too much going on, and you're not qualified enough, and you just can't share Jesus with people. You can't lead people to Jesus. But you know in your heart, like, that's what God has placed you here for. And I'm willing. And so on your communication card, if this is not you, that's okay. I just want honesty in this place. If that's you, you say, Scott, I want to lead people to Jesus. I want to lead people to Jesus. There's about 10 minutes left in this service. I want you just to write, I want to lead people to Jesus on that card. I need your name, maybe an email. We're going to take these things up and we're going to be praying for you. And we're probably going to be in touch with you very soon and we're going to talk to you about how can we help you. Because again, we're not going anywhere. We've got a long ways to go. And you're living beside people. You may be living with people. You may be working with people and they're ready to draw their sword. They need Jesus. I want to lead people to Jesus. Your name, maybe an email. There's a second group that I I know that's in this place because I've been praying for you. And and you don't know Jesus. You're like the jailer. You're like, I'm unworthy. Like, I just want to fall on my sword. I want to die. I'm the jailer. I am of no use to anyone. My past, my present, and my future is hopeless. I just want to give up. And you're here today because God brought you here and you've never experienced Jesus You've never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins. You've never said, hey, Jesus, I am a wretch and I am a mess. I need a Savior. I I need hope. I need Jesus as my personal Savior. We're not going to parade you around up front here. We're not going to ask you to raise your hand. Um, But here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Before you leave this place and before you drop your communication card in the bucket, there's a little place on that card that says, I have accepted Jesus Christ. And if you want to know more and you want to begin a relationship with Him, I'm going to ask you just to check the box, be honest. I'm not going to show up at your house. But I can promise you just as today... In your heart, you say, I need Jesus. I need you as my Savior, and I need to be forgiven, and I want a future, and I need hope. Just as you have restarted a relationship with Him today, you've also started one with many people here at Hope City. So on your card, I just need you to check the box. I can promise you we'll be in touch with you this week. Because Scripture says that the next step is that if you love Jesus and profess Him as your Savior, then it's to go public with baptism. And hey, we just so happen to have a baptismal celebration next week. Would you bow your heads? Jesus, you've called us to something great. It's nothing new. It's who you are. It's not our vision, it's not our mission, it's yours that you've given to us and for some reason you've seen us fit and worthy to be a part of your movement. And God, we're taking the challenge, we're going to be obedient and we're going to lead people to Jesus. I'm going to leave it up to you, God, to figure out where we're going to put all these people. We're going to spread them all over the triad because we're more concerned about sending people out than getting a big seating capacity. God, you know our hearts. 
Lord, today in this place, you have set someone free. They came to know your son Jesus as a savior. God, I pray that you will give them the boldness to take the next step, which is mark it and let someone know that they accepted Jesus today. God, you've made every single one of us in this room brand new. You've given every single one of us a hope. Some of us are not walking in it yet. God, your Holy Spirit is continuing to work. And I thank you for it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray this. Amen.